The paranoia concerning violent movies didn't end with the 1980s. The idea that watching violent films caused violence expanded to include the idea that playing violent video games did as well. There's been a lot of studies exploring this idea, many of which are often cited in newspaper articles that push the idea that there's a causal link between imaginary violence and the real world kind. The idea has been pushed so consistently that many believe this link is incontrovertible. Looking slightly deeper into these studies shows that it isn't so. But in all honesty, I don't think you need to necessarily go that far. Common sense tells me that a causal link between video violence and real world violence is extremely unlikely. Simply put, if violence on TV screens caused violence in the real world, then we would all be violent all the time. But let's look at this a little closer. As the portrayal of violence on our TV screens has increased over the last 10 years, violent crime in reality has actually dropped. According to the US Bureau of Justice Statistics, the overall violent victimisation rate, which includes rapes and assaults, decreased by 40% from 2001 to 2010. Similarly, the murder rate in the US has also dropped by almost half, from 9.8 per 100,000 people in 1991 to 5 in 2009. In complete contrast to these real-world facts, the Media Violence Commission of the International Society for Research on Aggression, that's a mouthful, isn't it, released a statement insisting that over the past 50 years, a large number of studies conducted around the world has shown that watching violent television, watching violent films, or playing violent video games increases the likelihood for aggressive behaviour. So, where is all this going? Psychologist Craig Anderson, PhD, from the Centre for the Study of Violence at Iowa University, believes that media violence is only one of many risk factors for later aggressive and violent behaviour. Furthermore, extremely violent behaviour never occurs. Let's read that again. Never occurs when there is only one risk factor present. So a healthy well-adjusted person with few risk factors is not going to become a school shooter just because they start playing a lot of violent video games or watching a lot of violent movies. Now, from this, I think we can take that exposure to violent media is not the only risk factor for aggression, nor is it even a particularly important one at that. One of Anderson's colleagues at Iowa State University, Douglas Gentil, along with Brad Bushman, published a study that identifies media exposure as one of six risk factors for predicting later aggression in over 400 kids aged 7 to 11. Besides media violence, the remaining risk factors are bias towards hostility, low parental involvement, the child's sex, physical victimisation and prior physical fights. So, Colour me all kinds of shocked here that a kid who has been beaten by an otherwise absentee parent is more likely to show hostility than someone who's watched a few George Romero films. If we were to briefly look into these risk factors mentioned earlier, this would take us to the CDC, the Centre for Disease Control and Prevention, who produced a list of risk factors to the youth violence and violent media 
amazingly, appears nowhere on this list. It seems that even many of the people pushing this idea have little faith in it, and in all honesty, who can blame them? The idea that viewing fantasy violence will have a causal effect on an individual perpetrating such violence ignores the very individuality of that person. The idea that we will all react identically to a certain set of stimuli is, to be frank, kind of insulting. But this doesn't stop many well-meaning people, and they are well-meaning people, from taking this idea and running with it. The cause of violence in society is no doubt a complex one, and not something that can rest securely on the shoulders of something as mundane as the entertainment a person enjoys. This may play a part, it, it certainly does in some cases, but so many factors play a significant larger role in the normalisation of violence in the modern world. Many studies, for instance, have cited growing fatherlessness as a contributor. Others have talked extensively about drug and alcohol abuse, while still others have considered mental health to be a major cause. And each will no doubt play its own part in individual cases, while few, if any, will be a blanket blame across the board. It seems that the blaming of media violence for causing violence in the real world is a crutch rather than explanation. While we're dealing with fantasy violence, while we're dealing with movies, while we're dealing with games, while we're dealing with comic books, we don't have to deal with the root causes that we actually do have in society. Education being a problem. People who are poorly educated are more prone to violent reactions to stimuli. If you do not have the words to express something, you will very often lash out. There are many, many instances when this is much more likely the cause, rather than whatever that person has watched, or played, or read. This is not to say, of course, as I said earlier, that it bears no responsibility in any cases. That's certainly not the case. But to grant something all the responsibility for a certain set of behaviours is going too far. Anyway. That's enough for me today. I think I'm going to go and watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Speak to you later.